You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Rick mentioned I'm Chuck Kennedy, so if you've never seen me around here before, welcome. And, you know, I thought about the topic of peace. I mean, I think of a lot of different things. How many of us have ever been standing in line and it's not moving and you literally want to scream? Or, like someone this morning was driving, had to be up at a certain time, and 465 decided to have construction in the spot you drive, and now you're running late, and you're sitting in traffic, and you really want to scream. You need peace. But more importantly, these are kind of trivial. But what if we had a real serious thing? What if health issues for you or yourself, yourself, or maybe family members, invade your sleep and cause you this a sense of anxiety? What if financial worries, you know, both the present or you're planning for the future, and they create anxiety worries where you're just sitting there and all of a sudden they come back to you? And you, out of nowhere, you suddenly you're starting to worry about it, get a certain dread. That's a different kind of peace that you need. And that takes a supernatural peace. That takes a peace that invades you differently than, than the, the normal, take a deep breath, Jesus, get me through this traffic jam. And that's what I really want us to understand, how we can appropriate that kind of peace. Because that's what Jesus wants for us. And this, you know, this is our second week of Advent, but it's a part of the series of hope, peace, joy, and love. Did it ever occur to you that those are words of the language of heaven? Because God's language doesn't con contain negatives. It doesn't contain the, 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 the problem aspect of our language that we tend to talk about so much. And so I think, quite frankly, we oftentimes pray in a language that God has a difficulty hearing because we're talking negatives. God, stop this. God, stop that. God, get rid of this. God, get rid of that. And he's like, because he wants, he wants prayer that really are about him, his goodness, his grace, his love, his mercy. He wants prayer that focuses more of him and brings him. And so sometimes when we're praying, we're not asking for an infusion of anything. We're asking for something to go away. So one thing I want you to really understand, peace is something very different. Peace, and now listen, peace is not the absence of anything. It is a supernatural inrushing of grace that overwhelms all of our afflictions that control our hearts, our minds, and stays and protects and defends our heart and mind. Peace is something that comes, not that calls something to go. So it's not uh, like the scientific definition of, of darkness is the absence of light. Peace is not the absence of anything. Peace is an infusion of something, and it's something very special. So while peace may cause things to go away, most often peace allows us to be comfortable, safe, even at rest in face of great difficulty. That's peace. And there's two aspects to the peace of God. 
you've got the power of peace, then you have the result of peace. And I think most of us focus on the result of peace, that general sense of well-being, that general sense that everything's okay, that I'm comfortable, I'm safe, everything's going to be fine. But we don't focus on the power of peace as a general rule. And that's really, when we're in a disturbance, that's where we should be really focusing. The other thing is, we have two types of peace. There's the peace with God, then there's the peace of God. Everyone that comes into to Christ, the moment you say yes to Jesus, and you are given peace with God, this means you're no longer estranged and you're no longer in conflict. Uh, if you look at Romans 5, chapter, one, chapter, chapter 5, uh, verse 1, it starts, Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. I use the Amplified Version this time because it really pulls out. It's more than God's not mad anymore. It's really a reconciliation. I, I like it maybe better even how Paul writes to the church in Colossae. So, and it says, And through the intervention of the Son to reconcile all things to himself, making peace with believers through the blood of his cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were at one time estranged and alienated and hostile-minded toward him, participating in evil things, yet Jesus has now reconciled you to God in his physical body through death in order to present you before the Father, holy and blameless and beyond reproach. This act of grace establishes a relationship with God, and it's amazing. Some of us, when we look at the peace of God, we think of it being somewhat like, okay, an introduction, but it's so much more. You have just been put in a whole different standing. He declares you holy and his. You know how powerful that is? You're holy and his. You've entered in by adoption into the royal family, the family of God. You're a son or daughter, an an heiress or an heir. You have come under the protection and authority of the very person of God. Peace Peace with God. This holy connection now is established of really a very real and powerful relationship. And I hope you hear this. With the creator of all things, you now have a relationship with the creator of all things by saying yes to Jesus. Yes to what he's already done for you. Say yes to the the fact he's already forgiven, he's already looked at you and looked at you with favor and said, come to me, you will be forgiven. All you have to do is say yes. And that's where you are. And this is all what you receive with this. It's that relationship, though, that of the peace of God develops as you develop in a relationship with the Father, with the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That becomes the peace of God. This is real personal. And it's very powerful. This peace is released as grace from our Lord in love to his children. 
it's released to you as you become in relationship. Jesus said, he was with us the last hours before he was about to go to the cross. He says to his, his apostles, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. My perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. My peace. He's not just saying peace as a general word. It's specific ownership that says mine, and I'm giving it to you. That's, that's so stunningly powerful. That the very power of the heart of Jesus is coming to us. Not as the world gives you. You know, I think about how the world gives us peace. Made me, I don't know why. I think of the roadrunner. I think wily coyote peace is what we all deal with. So we go to the acne store and we get something that tries to give us peace. And then we all go, go over the cliff and go poof. Now, see, I, I got the peace that the world gave me. I've, I've talked about this in the past. I came home after a hard day at work, and I said, I want peace. Some people say, I want peace, you know, to, you know, puff, puff, pass. Some people have all different types of ways of saying, I get peace from the world. And it always backfires. And it's always more dangerous than where you were to start. Jesus says something very different. We must understand and experience a part of the essence of God. His very character and person is pouring into us with power with, by the gift of peace. A supernatural move that is only found in the center of God's will and release to us. This is the ultimate gift of love and relationship. Yes. He is entering you with his peace. Who can disturb the peace of God? What, what army can be mounted up and say, we're going to shake up God? Really, what could swell up from hell and say, I will disturb the peace of God? Nothing. Nothing can disturb the peace of God. And he is saying, I will personally infuse myself into you if you reach for me. That's the peace of God. He gives his peace to us. His centered heart of confidence and calm in knowledge of who he is and who the Father is. He relates to us in a deep-seated harmony of unity, of bound by love. The very tranquility of God dwelling in us, dwelling in our being, dwelling in our mind, it dwells in our hearts, the peace of God. I just sit there and sometimes I'm dumb, dumbfounded by what Jesus does for us. As you think about that more and more, that the very peace of Jesus, the very peace of someone who's about to be arrested, taken to the cross, and he pauses and heals the ear of the soldier that's arresting him. That's the peace of Jesus that's being poured into us. Supernaturally. It's stunning. It's so unbelievable. And that's why I, I, everyone loves Ephesians 4. Oh, yeah. Ephesians 4, starting with verse 4. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Take pleasure in him. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirits, your graciousness, your unselfishness, your mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. That's... Do you hear these? Hear what, it guards. It, it's a military term of, of a garrison, of sentries. It, the power that stands guard is a power that engages in battle to protect what it surrounds. It, it, it'll battle to protect your intellect. It'll battle to protect your emotions. You know, sometimes we get fearful and, and, and as emotions get take over. Sometimes we really misinterpret in our minds so we get a false truth. And you know what else it protects? It protects us from running away because the garrison keeps whatever's in there in there. And sometimes we don't need to run. We need to stand and pray. And so this, this peace is ongoing. So We've, we've been in the situation, we, we prayed for peace, God has come, and now that we're getting the power of peace in us, we've got to pray that it continues and stays. This is a regular part of who we are in our life with Christ. And so now we have this peace that protects us. The peace that when those, those flaming darts is what they refer to. You know, realize that was, that was artillery. They weren't darts. They were launched, they're about that long, and, and they drilled and they put oil in them, and they were launched, and when they hit your shield, it would explode in flame. That was, the, that was a fiery dart. What we call a dart now is, bing, you know. So it's not like a little pinprick. So I just look at that and I go, Jesus really, he's, he, he's there. That's why it, it, it transcends all understanding. Because it's a distinct part of God's infinite essence. So that's got to be beyond our human grasp. If a part of something that can't be grasped, you, know, you realize the universe is still expanding? And it's just now touching parts where God is? Because God's not expanding, he is. So think of the entire universe and how vast that is. And it's reaching out and we go, wow, it's moving at so many you know, miles per second. And it's reaching points that God's been sitting there for eternity. And that's what's in us. That kind of eternity of peace. Stunning. It's really stunning. I mean, but th that verse... Rejoice, it begins with rejoice, is our blueprint of how we acquire peace. It starts with rejoice. Rejoice. It's just a simple awareness in the middle of things of the very presence of God. The presence of God should be our, rejoice should be our natural reaction to the presence of God. 
He comes in our midst and we can't help, we must rejoice. There's joy. And it's intimacy. It's so wonderful. And then from that, we release a piece of that which is in our presence, which is kindness. Which is being, just not putting ourselves on top. It's saying, go on ahead. It's once you see the, tur the turn signal in traffic, you don't speed up and just about touch the bumper of the car in front of you. Or the little thing that on these modern cars now, when you get up real close to something, it starts beeping. You're just like, beep, 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 beep. You're like, I don't care. <laughs> Simple kindness. Be aware. That's what happens. And then prayer. And it doesn't say pray when things really have gotten bad. It says pray in all things. You know what? Jesus is up there going, oh, gosh. Chuck, come on. Will you start praying sometime soon? I'm going to have to clean this mess up when it gets really, really bad. Start now, would you? Because we've got to pray. But we're overlooking. That prayer is an intentional, intimate expression of our union with God. So our prayer it uses a language that matches our individuality so we don't suddenly get this new language to pray with. I'm, I'm not talking about prayer language. I'm talking about, oh my. You don't talk that way. Pray like you talk. Be intimate. You know, there are settings where we change our language. In a professional setting, you may not Talk exactly the way you talk with all your friends. Talk like you talk with all your friends. So I guess that's what I meant. And include all of your concerns. All of them. You worry about your grandkids? Let him know. He wants you to tell him. It says, make them known to God. You're concerned about whether you have enough uh, retirement income? Let them be made known to God. Jobs, it doesn't matter what it is. Relationships, teenagers. I don't care what age, if your parents or grandparents, it's all the same. If they're 16 years old, you better start praying. You know, but then the overriding position of our heart is then thanksgiving. We're, we're praying with thanksgiving because we trust the almighty God to hear our prayer. Because we know he hears our prayer. And we know he mediates them into the Trinity. Jesus does. And he expands them and perfects them. And that's so important. Because our cry sometimes is incomplete. It's babbling sometimes. And Jesus takes that babble and then releases it into heaven. And they all respond. So one of the most important responses to prayer is revelation. And we have to sometimes just listen. You realize God's always responding with answers. And that's one aspect of the power of peace. You pray, God gives you answers. But they come in different fashions that we're not always used to. I may be praying for something, and then Rick B. over here says something that's directly reflecting about what I'm praying about, and he has no idea. Because Rick B. typically has no idea. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But it happens all the time. It could happen by a cashier. 
just responding and using words that you used in prayer. Be aware, God's answering your prayers. And then God answers with a deep perspective in our heart. He answers with faith that goes deep into our minds. And then he begins to process to force out anxiety. And that's what he's doing. He'll force out anxiety. So it's very different than making everything, you know, rainbows and flowers. Because maybe the circumstances don't change, but he will force out the anxiety in you and give you a new perspective. The other thing is, God gets us moving. You know, sometimes active participation in the solution is so important. Sometimes God says, you know, stop asking me what you should do. Get up off your rear end and just start doing. And then I'll go from there. You know, it's amazing how many times just doing something is helpful. Okay, oh gosh, I'm so concerned about my job. Well, then start looking for jobs. Stop whining, start doing. God has a funny way of doing this, but he guides you in this thing. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you the truth. He didn't say, I will send you the Holy Spirit to tell you the truth. That's what he says. He will guide you in truth. God's a great teacher. He leads you into knowledge. He allowed, because you're going to participate in this. Sometimes he wants you to do some of the things he's doing to become part of the situation. And then you come into real truth. Now you can deal with that situation through truth instead of what might be happening, what could be happening, what didn't happen, but should still happen. And I think it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen soon, I'm going to die. And so... But I think the most important thing he does for us is he reminds us who is near. God is near. I personally think when Paul was writing that, they just blurted out. I think as he was writing, he's talking about rejoice in the Lord, do this. He's like, but God is near. Don't you get this? I think it just burst out of him. Because for him, that's so fundamental. He's the guy that's sitting in jail, writing the letter, saying, I'm joyful in all things. I've had good times and bad times, but I don't care. I, I can do all things through Christ. With, with a jailer with, on a manacle holding his arm up. I can do all things. This is, he understands, God is near. That's why he's at peace. It's, that is so crazy. The very tranquility of God is right here. The very power of God to shut down all that wants to come against our, us is right here. You know, peace was obscure and hidden to the entire world. And to a large part of the world that don't know Christ, it still is. That's why the coming of Christ cannot be separated with the coming of peace. Because you have an entire world struggling in conflict with goodness. That sounds crazy, but all that is good, the world is struggling and battling against. 
I wasn't one of those guys that became Christian as a teenager. I went through 40-some years, and I know exactly what it's like to live a life that's not Christian. And it's far more stressful than it is being a Christian. I can tell you that for sure. And, it, and then you get into all the other things because you're always discontented. You're never happy with anybody, with anything, with any income. Nothing's, not, you're never content. Peace comes in and says, it's going to be all right. You know, really, having someone else's name on your clothes doesn't make the clothes really that much better, but it makes you feel like you've got something fancy. Total stranger's name on your clothes. But I want us to see that when heaven crashed into earth, into our existence, this baby would grow into a man that would make possible salvation and union with God. Jesus opened the door of heaven on earth. And we get to stand in that place of love and awe of the almighty presence of God. You know, I love the, the, that little Christmas thing you know, from Charlie Brown when he gives the story of Christmas. Do you notice he drops his security blanket? Next time you see it, notice he drops his security blanket when he talks about that. That was intentional. Charles Schultz insisted that the cartoon... What's that? Linus. Linus. Yeah, that's right. When he, and he gives it because I know what Christmas is, and, and he gives that, this verse. But it's really interesting that most people miss that, that he drops his security blanket because he has comfort in knowing of Christ. Let's read that real, real quick. While there in Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her son, her firstborn, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no private room for them in an inn. In the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone around them and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you news of great joy, which, which will be for all people. For this day in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. And this will be a sign for you, by which you'll recognize him. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. Then suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to the highest heaven and peace among men with whom he is well pleased when the angel had gone away from them the shepherds began saying to one another let's go straight to Bethlehem and see this wonderful thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us what does the angel proclaim glory to God, peace. Peace. Isaiah said that the coming Messiah would be the Prince of Peace. Just, just, so you know, the Prince is typically the oldest son. Oldest son was typically the chief uh, police officer, the chief uh, in, in keeping the peace. 
So if something was disturbing the peace, he'd send the army out and quell whatever it was disturbing the peace. So the Prince of Peace is distinctive because it was a position of authority of peace. I think a lot of us, myself included at different times, really have a hard time appropriating peace. That a lot of us, we really struggle with stress. You know what? I shouldn't say this, but there's a whole lot of us that don't have the greatest health like we used to when we were 20. Th things are going on. Tests go on. And this disturbs our peace. We have someone that's going to have a biopsy on Tuesday. Disturbs their peace. We have people that got the results, and those results disturbed our peace. A lot of us think about the future and our finances. Do I have enough? Some of us are worried about college programs. Some are worried about just the kids not getting. Some of you are worried that you don't kill your own kids. But, but you know, that's not what Jesus wants. When you and Jesus came together, he said, I got something far greater for you. Just, just ask for it and come and get it. And so I, I think right now is the time for us to sit right now and receive peace. Whatever your position is to receive the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask that you do this. Now, if you're not used to seeing this, what we're just asking for, we're going to take time and we're going to wait on the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to come. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to bring the power of peace to us. And we're going to ask him to move in those areas in our heart that are disturbing us. If you like to stand, you can stand. If you like to sit, you can sit. I'm going to be honest. When I'm asking for peace, I sit. I do better. Because I'm relaxed. I'm receiving. I'm relaxed. I'm, not, I'm just letting the Holy Spirit move. But if you're better when you stand, kneel. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to come. We're asking that you come and fill us with peace. I ask that you engage us right now, Lord. Come. Let yourself be known. If you're a worship leader, be selfish right now. Receive peace. Just relax. Let peace come. Let the Holy Spirit come.